This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hello everyone, welcome in here to the Friday Walkthrough. I'm Cole Carmody, not alongside of me today. Uh, we are in different places, but on the screen with me as always is my co-host Monty Spiller. K-State gets set to take on NC State in the first annual Pop-Tarts Bowl, the first appearance for K-State in a bowl game in Florida. We're going to talk about that game. We're also going to put a bow on the 2023 season as K-State wraps up its campaign. But before we do, we want to let you know we're sponsored by our friends from Booth Creek Wagyu. Remember to elevate your tailgate this season with our friends from Booth Creek Wagyu. The ranch is located just north of Manhattan and proudly raises authentic Wagyu beef from farm to table. Visit their retail locations in Manhattan and Overland Park or online at boothcreekwagyu.com. Well, Monty, K-State back at it again to finish the season. One more game. There's been a lot of storylines that have gone on inside of this program. They finished the season 8-4. and four. Now they get set to take on NC State in the Dark Bowl. We're going to talk about that game in the second half, but I guess I just want to start here. What were your overall impressions for K-State's season as they finished the year? You know, it's one of those things where um, going into the season, we had a lot of high expectations, and, and I'll be lying to you and everybody else in Wildcat land. If I say I wasn't disappointed the way the Iowa State game ended, you know, you can't blame the snow. They made plays. We didn't. Um, Defensive-wise, probably one of the poorest tackling uh, yeah. clinics I had seen in a long time, if not the worst, and, 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 and under Snyder's era and climbing era, for that matter. Uh, so it was kind of disappointing, you know. Uh, it did help the fact that we still were bowl eligible and we knew we had another game. But, yeah, man, it was a good season, but not a great season by K-State standards. And I think that's kind of the consensus, right? Like, there's a lot of people who believe that this team was good enough to get back to the Big 12 championship game. I know you and I believe that, and I think inside that locker room they believe that. And so it's not very common that an 8-4 and four season is looked at as maybe not a disappointment, but just not where you wanted to be. But I feel like that's kind of where – this season went. Um, they have a chance to flip the page, obviously, um, and start completely brand new in the bowl game. And we're going to talk about that extensively in the second half. Um, but I do kind of want to put a bow and talk a little bit about uh, how this team progressed throughout the year. Um, I want to start on the offensive side of the ball. And it's impossible to talk about this season without talking about the future. But I think when you start to look at the bigger picture and kind of what these players meant to K-State, that's where you can kind of start to draw conclusions. And uh, I kind of have a list of offensive MVP, defensive MVP, and some more other award, uh, awards that we'll kind of give out here on the show. But I want to start with offensive MVP. And, and 
I'm curious who you have. I'll let you go first on this one. But, you know, I, I think there's a lot of worthy candidates here. So it was kind of hard for me to pick one. Yeah, it was one of those things where I'm with you. It was hard to pick. I thought about it. You know, obviously, the quarterback position is probably one of the most important positions uh, in football, if not the most important. But uh, I went a little bit different, you know, and, and it was tough. And I went back and forth between Ben Sennett and, uh, and DJ Giddens. And it's one of those things where both guys were pretty consistent throughout the year. Whenever teams uh, found ways to shut down one, the other one prevailed and vice versa. And so I'm going to go a little bit outside the box and say, we had a co-offensive MVP, and I'm going to say DJ and Ben both were my co-MVP uh, as far as offense. So that's two guys I'm going with. Isn't it kind of funny? Because when Treshawn Ward was brought in here, you know, there were some questions about DJ as if, would he still be the guy? Like, what are they yep. going to do with the running back position? And, you know, obviously Treshawn Ward enters the transfer portal, and that is because DJ Giddens cemented himself as that first-string running back. It's why, you know, other running backs into the transfer portal, because they knew, well, DJ is going to have this position for at least another year, probably another two. Um, he, yep. he had a breakout season. I agree with you on Ben Sennett. I, I didn't choose Ben Sennett, but if I would have redone it, if you asked me who's number two, I'd probably say Ben Sennett. His turnaround this season, his makeup to his game was ridiculously good. He is going to help teams on Sunday. Um, all that being said, my offensive MVP, I did go with the quarterback. I went with Will Howard. And reflecting on this season and obviously we know that will howard won't be playing in the bowl game he is in the transfer portal but everything he did this season he broke the all-time passing touchdowns record at kansas state i think people forget that now will howard is the leading touchdown passer in kansas state history and he also tied the single season record he would have played the bowl game he probably would have that to himself but either way monty i mean will howard had an incredible season especially considering the fact people were talking about maybe benching him in the middle part of the season that run he went on to end the year was really impressive yeah i can't argue with that it's one of those things and i think part of it and and you know i have a saying facts over feelings but uh and, and the facts you present with will is hard to argue with and, and one of the few times i with my feelings i feel like if he would still be with the team prepping for the bowl without a doubt he's our mvp you know, mm-hmm. and for me personally, uh, being a former cat, being an alumni, I'll, it's hard pressed for me not to go with a guy who's going to be with a team or guys, for that matter, who's going to be with the team come bowl game and representing the cats. So if, if Will would have stuck it out and I'm not mad at him about going to the portal, I get it. You know, it's probably the best move for him. If you look mm-hmm. at it, it allows Avery to have a chance moving forward. The youth movement with Colin going to A&M, so many things going into it. But I'm with you. He is definitely a top three candidate for an MVP outside of the fact that he is he is in the transfer portal. So, it's, yeah, I agree with him. It's weird how college football happens sometimes. I mean, yeah. who would have thought that Colin Klein would have left for Texas A&M and A&M, Will Howard enters the train? Like, so many crazy things have happened this year that, I mean, who would have ever thought that? Um, yeah. I, I, I think back about the offensive line, too, and I, I can remember ta- having conversations with you in the beginning part of the season, like, ah, maybe the offensive line is a little underperforming. But, man, it really feels like they figured it out. And that group was really dominant in the year. They, they, they have been and they will be. And I think come Thursday night, I'm excited to see them with the new quarterback. And a lot of guys got a lot to prove. You got some guys that are vying for a potential NFL career. And I know they mm-hmm. want to end their collegiate career on a high note. You know, a lot of people are not giving us a chance with so many guys in the portal, as you spoke about. And also with us being an underdog to a number 19 ranked uh, NC State going to the bowl game, but we got a lot to prove. And that old line, I feel like they're going to take the lead, and, and it's going to be fun for Cat fans come Thursday. 
yeah, those guys are going to be ready to go, no doubt. Okay, moving over to the defensive side of the ball, um, I'll give my uh, selection here first. Before the season started, I wrote a piece, a little predictions piece about the secondary. I said Jacob Parrish would lead the team in interceptions. Well, K-State didn't have a lot of interceptions this year, but he did tie for the lead with Kobe Savage. He finished the year with three interceptions, but I think he cemented himself as one of the best cornerbacks in the Big 12. So for defensive MVP, uh, I'm going to say Jacob Parrish. I was wildly impressed with how he improved this year. I'm with you. And it's funny you say that, too, because when, when I was thinking about potential uh, MVP guys, with the linebackers, a lot of guys got hurt throughout the season. Mm-hmm. It was a carousel, and different guys stepped up uh, at different times. But it wasn't a collective um, st- collective effort for them throughout the season. So, And it's not their fault they got hurt. But one mainstay, even when he had a bad first half against Texas, and your guy Perry just talked about, mm-hmm. he bounced back and made plays later when he needed to. He didn't blink. He didn't make any excuses. He continued to compete. He was one of the best, um, if not the top cover guy man-to-man. And when other teams targeted him because he was a shorter corner or he is a shorter corner, he was up for the challenge and he made plays. But it's ironic you say that because that's my defensive MVP as well. So we were on the same page with that. Honorable mention to Des Purnell. I think he was probably, would have probably been my second pick there. Another Absolutely. outstanding breakout season for Purnell. There were questions about him. Did he really hold that spot down? He did a really good job. Those are the two guys, ironically, two Kansas kids. We always talk about the Kansas kids on this show. Um, I think Jacob and Des, both being sophomores, are going to have a chance to be really special in the future. Okay, as far as freshmen go, there were some freshmen that had an impact this year. I'll let you go first on this one. There might be an obvious one, but who do you have for freshman of the year? You know, it's tough because you, uh, like so many guys, had opportunities throughout the game, throughout the year in certain certain games. And um, I would look at the offensive side, and I, I look at the defensive side, and, and I'm just drawing a blank because I'm one of those days. But as far as on the defense side, the linebacker that came in um, when – uh, we had so many injuries, and he made plays. Uh, get, help me out now. Austin Romaine, um, yep. Romaine, god dang yep. it. Um, <laughs> Romaine, he is one of those guys where he was thrown into the fire. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, you know, as a receiver, it's easy or it's easier to go because you can be a you can be a um, more of like a decoy or you can be a good blocker. But Romaine, when you're in the middle of it, you can't hide. If you make a mistake, everybody's going to know. Everybody's going to know if this guy screwed up or not. So I'm going to say him because he came up. He made big plays when he needed to, and he got better each game, each year. And it wasn't like he was like a, a guy that they had surrounded with a bunch of other guys to protect him. They said, you make the call, you're going to make a play, and he did. So Austin Romain is my defensive my, – my freshman, sorry, player of the year. I think that's a really good selection. Um, I am going to take the wide receiver. Spoken like a true defensive guy right there, Monty. Just bag it on the offense as usual. Uh, Jace Brown, I thought, was really good at the end of the season. He really turned into that guy that Will could throw the ball to consistently. And what's crazy is he is the returning leading receiver for the bowl game. Phillip Brooks, Benson uh, opted to uh, try and play in the NFL further their careers. And so – that leaves Jace Brown as the leading receiver. Uh, 22 catches, 385 yards, and two touchdowns. Doesn't seem like a lot, but most of that was in the second half of the season. I think Jace Brown ended the year as K-State's best wide receiver. So um, I will take Jace Brown as freshman of the year. Moving on down the list here, game of the year. I have two, and I didn't put any specifications as to whether or not K-State needed to have won that game or not. Um but I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, for me, the Texas game was the best game of the year. Um, it sucks that K-State lost that game. But, I mean, Monty, that was one heck of a game. And to be in that ball game 
in overtime, four yards away. Now Texas is in the playoff. Could you imagine if K-State wins that game? The Big 12 doesn't have a team in the playoff. So I'm going to say that was the game of the year. It's funny you say that because I agree 100%. But I got three games I was thinking about. The Texas game, of course, we lost mm -hmm. it. But we had a chance late to win the game. Honestly, we had several chances late to win the game, and we didn't. And it just goes to show how good this team uh, could have been, should have been, and did were at times. And also, the Texas Tech game mm. is a game because Avery Johnson comes in, not not an unknown to K-State fans, but but, uh, but after he scored five touchdowns, the Big 12 took notice, and they were like, this kid can play. K-State has something special. And also, the other game I think about, and a lot of people don't think about it because if you think about the way we ended the season against Iowa State, if we would have lost to KU in Lawrence, can you imagine the season? Even if you are bowl eligible, that's just uh, – it's like, do you want to play the bowl game? It's right. one of the things where we're bowl eligible. We need to go to represent the Big 12. It has financial benefits to it. But do you really want to go to bowl game after losing to KU and Iowa State? But the fact that we beat KU, that was a huge game, and it wasn't pretty. We found a way. And KU is a good team. They're probably yeah. a team. They're probably going to, uh, if not beat in UNLV in their game, uh, compete with them at a high level. So that was that was three games I thought about. There were huge games for us this year. I agree. Those are all games worth mentioning. Okay, let's talk about some storylines as we wrap up the first half here. We already mentioned Colin Klein. We've mentioned Will Howard. There are yeah. so many things to talk about, and we'll talk about the game here coming up in the second half. But I look at the main storyline headed into this game against NC State is how will Avery Johnson and how will Connor Riley work together? Because if it goes well, there's your offensive coordinator and there's your quarterback. Yeah, I'm with you. And it's one of those things I was talking to when, when the whole Colin Klein thing went down, people were like kind of in a panic. You know, will we uh, hire from within? Will we go out and find a coordinator? Who's going to be the play caller for the bowl game? And, and one thing, and you probably can attest to this, and I, at every level of football that I ever played, some of the smartest guys I've been around are offensive linemen. And yeah. a lot of people don't realize that. And a lot of times because they're not the, the glamour, the glitz guys, the big name guys. But some of the smallest guys, not just as athletes, but academically wise also, mm -hmm. some of the smartest guys I've ever been around have been old linemen. And the fact that he's an old line coach, I, I'm excited to see what he does. You know, and they see the game from a different perspective than most uh, offensive coordinators do that are traditionally receivers, quarterbacks, uh, running backs in some cases. I'm excited for him. You know what? And if he works out, why not? It happened for Colin. Colin had an audition a couple years ago for a bowl game, and it worked out for him. And hopefully the same uh, goes also for Coach Raleigh. But with Avery, I think there's no pressure. You know, and he has the backing of the whole K-State Nation. He's our guy. He changed from number five to number two. That's exciting. And guys are just pumped to see him play. And I think the fact that he's a Wichita kid, Mays High kid, local, he's going to shine. And I think he's going to show out. And I don't think he's, there's no pressure for him to go out and be the guy for us come Thursday. There is very little people know who Avery Johnson is. I I did a, I did a radio hit with a with a, a radio station in Iowa, and the co the host was like, "Well, Will Howard's in the transfer portal." I kind of had to look up who this Avery Johnson kid was, and I and I said, "Well, uh, you and a lot of other people are gonna remember his name because yep. there's a really good chance that Avery puts on a show on Thursday night against NC State. We will talk about that game. We'll talk about Avery. We'll dig into some of the matchups when we come back here on the Friday Walkthrough." Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all wheel drive and three row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back in here to the Friday Walkthrough, Cole Carmody and Monty Spiller. Before we get going with the second half, I want to give a shout-out to our sponsors, Booth Creek Wagyu. Make sure you stop into Booth Creek Wagyu. If you're looking for some New Year's Eve dinner, uh, Overland Park, Manhattan, go get you some uh, some Wagyu beef. That is a very good thing that my family always does. We do some prime rib. I might have to talk them into going to Booth Creek and uh, go say what's up to everybody in there. Let's talk about this game now. Uh, K-State at NC State. A little flash preview for NC State. Finished the season 9-3. and three. They're ranked number 19th in the country. Um Similar to K-State in the fact that they beat the teams that they were supposed to beat. And maybe they lost to the teams that you would say, eh, they're probably going to lose that game. Very similar to K-State, I think minus the Iowa State game for the Wildcats. But nonetheless, NC State's best wins were over Clemson. And at the time, it knocked Clemson to 8-4, and four, so or to 4-4. Four and four, So they were on the kind of the slide down before Dabo got those boys and kicked it into gear. And then to end the season, they did beat their rivals in Carolina. They pounded them. Um, that's probably the best win for NC State. But none, nonetheless, the ACC was competitive as a unit this year. Yeah, I agree. It's one of those things, that, and you touched base on it about them beating North Carolina. And North Carolina is a well-coached team. Everybody knows Mac Brown uh, when he's in Texas and now currently at, at North Carolina. They're a good team. They always have good talent. It's one of those schools where you can't underestimate them no matter what. And the fact that, yeah, they caught Clemson at a time when Clemson was down. But it's them Clemson, and Clemson has athletes. So NC State has to do some things right to get that win. And a lot of times people say, oh, they're not the same team. I get that, but athletes are athletes. And the fact that NC State found a way to win speaks volumes. Now, are they a scary team going to the bowl game? Absolutely not. I'm sorry. You're right. The ACC did have some good games this year, but so did the Big 12. Mm -hmm. And the Big 12 don't get a lot of respect because people think Big 12, Texas, OU, they're the big two that people think about all the time, which is fine as it's part of the national media. And also, uh, moving forward, they're no longer with us. But the Big 12 still has a good competition. And I put up a lot of our teams against any conference in the ACC as well. But I think looking at NC State, they have a lot of athletic guys. But I don't know if the style of football they play will transition over well against a, a K-State type of football. Mm-hmm. So I'll be interested to see how that goes. Their offense isn't exactly high-flying. Um, I, I was interested. You start looking at the stats and digging in a little bit. Quarterback's Brennan Armstrong, a sixth-year yeah. quarterback. Uh, five years at Virginia. Now he's at NC State. He is actually the leading rusher on the team as well. Uh, but he's not necessarily a running quarterback. That's not what he does. They don't do a lot of quarterback powers. A lot of that comes from design runs. Sure, most of it comes from scrambles. Uh, the second leading rusher is actually a receiver. And then the third leading rusher would be a running back. They kind of have a running back by committee. Nobody has over 70 carries um, for NC State this season. Um, So, again, the running the football aspect of NC State, uh, it's not necessarily there. So NC State's going to be the kind of team who likes to throw the football. Even if they um, are not having success throwing the football, they're going to stick to their guns. It would be interesting to see how they can adjust to that. Uh, as far as receivers go, um, Kevin Concepcion, uh, they call him KC. He's a true freshman. He is the receiver who is the second leading rusher, but he is their guy. And I don't know if you've had a lot of, t- have had a lot of time to check out um, this kid, but he's special. Anytime you have a true freshman, just like we've talked about with Romaine and Jace Brown, that are making plays offensively, um, it's either way, it's pretty fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. And, it's, you know, when you get freshmen, a lot of times you get freshman players, they don't realize that pressure is there. So they play uh, out of their minds. There's no pressure because, 
you know what, if you're a freshman, you make a mistake, you're a freshman. But if you're a freshman, make a great play, hey, good job, keep doing what you do. And that goes both uh, for K-State and for um, NC State. But I'm interested to see if K-State travels Paris with him because mm -hmm. he's their guy. If not, we may stick to what we do because, you know, with the exit of Will Lee, we'll see other guys step up. I'm not concerned about that. I feel like we actually be better on, on that side moving forward. And the fact that a lot of young guys get opportunities to kind of shine in a bowl game and say, hey, going to spring ball, I want to be the guy number one on the depth chart. So I'm not going to leave anything in the chance. So I think a lot of guys from K-State, yeah, we're, winning, we're playing to win the bowl game. But a lot of guys are playing for starting spots going to spring ball. So I yeah. think there's going to be some competition and guys playing tough. Yeah, and you, you led me right to my next point. Um, I, I do kind of want to talk about some of those positions that are up for grabs. Uh, from an NC State standpoint, the biggest one, uh, as far as players not playing in the bowl game, is Peyton Wilson. That is a big loss for them. Uh, Butkus Award winner, probably the best linebacker, one of the best linebackers in the country. So that's going to fill a hole in the three-three-five defense that they run. But for K-State, as you just mentioned there, Monty, I look at some players and some of the guys, Phillip Brooks, Will Howard, we've talked about, Ben Sennett, but you mentioned Will Lee and Kobe Savage. Those are two guys who opted to transfer. Uh, Will Lee ends up at Texas A&M. Kobe ends up at Oregon. Um, I don't know if K-State was necessarily counting on Kobe Savage coming back. He was a senior, used his grad transfer eligibility. There's a lot of young safeties on this roster. As a former young safety, um, getting ready to play in a bowl game, this four-week period is just absolutely massive for those young guys in the secondary. It is, and it's one of those things where you get opportunity, like I said, any bowl game you get, not just uh, K-State, but any team, you get more reps. And most coaches will get young guys reps. And a lot of times, going at the end of the season, if you're not a starter, you're, you're a backup, nickelback, that's a DB, or mm -hmm. you're a special team guy. And most times you get the athletic guys uh, on special teams. I was one of those guys. I was on kickoff team, kickoff return, pump block, pump return, you name it. And that's something that came normal for you. But then as you get into the bowl situation, you get more reps at your natural position, be it safety or corner, and you want an opportunity to show coaches, hey, I'm ready. So I think uh, those guys understand the situation, but times have changed since I played, and young guys can step in right away. Also, they're looking, hey, I'm here, but they just signed this four-star guy, or oh, we got this guy, and with the with the transfer portal, yeah. we got a bunch of guys coming from FCS schools coming in to take your spot, because they got one year left. They're not transferring to sit. They're transferring to take your spot. So the pressure's on. So guys are going hard, and they understand what's on, what's, what's on the line moving forward. So it's going to be some good competition. I the reason part of the reason I'm so excited for this game is because of that that those young guys that yep. you know that are especially on the defense side of the ball. I'll talk about the offense here in a second, but you know I look in the secondary and a guy like Nigel Thomas, who has played pretty much all the special teams this year, hasn't played a lot of corner. Is K State going to likely go out and get another corner in the transfer portal? Yeah, probably so, but. He ain't walking through that door tomorrow to play in the game. So guess what? The time is yours. And if you have a good showing as a young player, regardless of if they're bringing somebody in or not, the same goes to safety. K-State's already gone out and gotten multiple safeties or at least one safety um, in the transfer portal, and they signed a JUCO kid. Well, if you're Jack Fabris or if you're Wesley Fair, um, you have a chance to play. And if you make a positive impact in this game, you're going to leave something in the back of Coach's mind that says, hmm, we brought this guy in, but look what this kid did in the bowl game. Yeah, you're right. And it's one of those things where kids understand what's going on. And I think K-State has a type of culture where the coaches are not going to be wishy-washy with them. They're going to be transparent with them say, hey, you're playing well, but understand, we brought this kid in because we need depth at this position. Now, you have opportunity to be the guy because you're here. You know the schemes. Don't waste it, but it's yours to lose. And it's funny you say Jack Fabris. He made me feel old because his dad, <laughs> Coach Fabris, was one of my coaches. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> when I play. So you make me feel real old, but Jack is a heck of a player, and he's a guy I'm looking forward to seeing because I know he's a thumper, and if he has the energy his dad does, he's going to be a heck of a player for us for years to come. But you're right. Guys understand what's at stake, and, and, and if you're a player, you want that competition. You welcome it because if you're afraid to get beat out, you're not in the right game. You're not in the right sport. It's part of the process. It's going to happen, but you got to keep compete, uh, competing, and it makes the team better as a whole. What are your expectations for the offense? Because I know we talked a little bit about it already, but I want to kind of dig deeper here. Connor Riley getting his first time as offensive coordinator. His, he's going up to the box. One thing that he's done all, all the, his years at K-State, he's been on the field. He said, yeah, it might change a little bit because he likes to be so hands-on with his offensive line. Now he's going up to the box, and he is the one who's calling plays. I don't know if there's going to be a huge difference there, but along with the fact that you do have a freshman quarterback – there's going to be an adjustment period. If it's a series, if it's a quarter, if it's a half, or the whole game, there is going to be an adjustment period there on the offense. There will be an adjustment period. I think starting out early, we'll kind of keep it basic. We'll go to our go-to plays, what we do, and, and utilize our O-line. You know, understand what's going on. Keep the game slow. Three yards here, four yards there. DJ to the left, DJ to the right. Make plays. And then once the backers start crashing down, every will pull it. And like I said, there's nobody in college football that's going to catch him if mm-hmm. he gets out in the open. But also, I think it's a it's a blessing because NC State, they have film of all of Colin Klein's call games. They have no film on a Coach uh, Riley and his game. So they can say what they want to say, and he has a few tricks up his sleeves that had not been put on film yet. And I guarantee those will be put out there in the bowl game because it's a bowl game. Why yeah. not? You, you, you win it. You, you play to win. You throw special teams out, I mean, special plays out there. Doesn't matter if they work or not. They do great. They don't. Oh well. This is the last game of the season. On to next year. So I think K State will throw out a lot of plays out there, a lot of formations that NC State hadn't seen on film, and see what happens. So I'm I'm anxious to see that. I'm excited about the game actually. K State's offense under Will Howard and K State's offense under Avery Johnson are completely different. Yeah. I mean, they are just completely different. Will was not the runner Avery is. And quite honestly, Avery can throw the deep ball probably a little bit better than Will. That is a very underrated part of Avery's game. Now, did Will, was he able to maybe see the field more, make more adjustments? Sure. That's going to come with time uh, for Avery. But the offense under Avery is completely different than the offense under Will. And so I think NC State is going to be blown away. I don't know, maybe not the coaches and the players, but the fans especially uh, are going to be blown away when they see this kid come out onto the field because he's an electric playmaker. And I've been telling people, and it's no secret, uh, Pete Thamel of ESPN called him potentially the future of the, the future face of college football. I don't know if I'm ready to go that far, but I think he is going to be a special player. I think it starts on Thursday. So um, as far as the offense goes, I'm, I'm really excited. But I want to talk about those big guys up front again because uh, it is their final game at K-State. And I think sometimes as fans, we can look forward to the future a lot. But it's important to celebrate what you have and what those guys have done. They've meant a lot for K-State, and there is four seniors on that team, and Christian Duffy, KT, Leviston, Hayden Gillum, and Cooper Beebe that are special, and those guys deserve to be sent off the right way. I agree with you 100%, and, and I'm the type of guy, I try not to look too far in the future, and, I, I, and I'm thinking K-State football all the time. I'm thinking, man, how are we going to replace those guys? But K-State finds a way. They get um, – the recruits come in, they get transfers come in, they'll be okay because Raleigh's a great offensive, uh, offensive line coach. We'll be fine. But it, it's, it's funny as you look at games and there's a sense of calm when we go out, take the field, and you see those five guys up there together as a group. And, you know, like, you know what, we're going to handle business. Mm-hmm. I think these guys are going to they're going to have fun. And it's one of those games reminds me a couple of years ago when uh, they're going to throw a few plays in at the goal line where potentially uh, a lineman can be eligible to catch a touchdown whoever it may be, but I think they're going to have fun. 
and we're going to go out there and show the world that, you know what, we didn't have the season that K-State anticipated, but we're going to finish the right way, and it goes with that O-line, especially on the offensive side of the ball. If, if Kansas State has a offensive lineman that scores a touchdown – and you just called that on this show. You need to go buy a lottery ticket. But you know right. what? I'm not. I'm not putting that past Connor Riley. He loves those guys, and those guys will be on him to say, "Hey, make sure you give us some way to score." Um, who do you think it is, by the way? If, if you're going to call your shot, you might as well go all the way. Who catches the touchdown? Man, if anything, if anything, BB man, come on now. He can move all over the place. You can put him at guard, tackle, put him at H back, put him at fullback. I don't care. But he's a guy. He's the kind of the poster boy of the old line he's our guy so what it has to, if it's bb that'd be worth it did we yes. make t-shirts after the fact <laughs> oh that would be incredible i i actually think kt loves to might be the most athletic guy on that offensive line so maybe you do a little tackle over and throw him a little play action pass you know hey avery johnson to kt leveston avery johnson right. started a, started a game at receiver he might as well throw to an offensive lineman too so right. either way they are going to pull a lot of tricks out of their sleeve as you mentioned um i, I do want to talk about before we get to our score predictions um some other storylines headed into next season obviously k-state wants to finish the bowl game on a high note get a win um but are you of the belief that no matter what even if k-state loses this bowl game connor riley's the offensive coordinator or do you think that there might be a little bit of adjustments. Maybe there's some other things that happen uh, depending on the game. I, I think I think he'll be our old coordinator going into the game, win or lose. It's one of those things. You're at a point in the season right now where, unless somebody, you know, something happens that we don't expect, mm-hmm. or like uh, a prodigy comes out of nowhere because of whatever change, I think he could be our guy moving forward. And if he doesn't, that could be shared duties. Who knows? But I think as far as the recruiting point and, and, and the coordinator point, he could be our guy moving forward. The coaches are familiar with him. The players are familiar with him. So I don't, I don't see a whole lot of change coming in. You could potentially bring in another coach, like I said before, uh, as a co-coordinator. Right now, I think he's our guy moving forward. Yep, I'm excited for Connor Riley. He's deserved this opportunity. He's done a lot for this program. He's been with Chris Kleiman for a long time. There's something poetic about him ending the season or him ending uh, the season as an offensive coordinator and going out with those senior offensive linemen who we talked about, it being their last game. He gets his best opportunity, and those linemen get their last opportunity. It's it's going to be a great night. I'm excited to be there. Um, I know you're going to be watching it on TV. It's going to be a blast. And let's get into our score prediction and – the MVP prediction. I will let you go first with this one, Monty. Give me your score and who is the MVP? We keep it consistent, man. I'm going to do a little backwards this time. My MVP is Avery. He has so mm-hmm. much to prove. Uh, not even you know, prove for the K-State Nation. I think he just anxious to show the world what we got in Manhattan and what Kansas kids can produce as far as athletes and football players. He's our guy. He's the poster boy. Avery's my MVP. I say catch win 35-21. You are right along the lines of me as well. Uh, I have Kansas State winning this game 31-21. They might not start off super hot. I could see them maybe sputtering a little bit on offense to get the game going, but they're going to figure it out. And like we've talked about, Avery Johnson is electric. He is going to be my MVP as well. I am expecting a massive game for, for Avery. This is the first time that he's been able to prepare as the starter without looking over his shoulder. I mean, that did wonders for Will Howard, and I think that's going to do wonders for Avery. Avery is going to be a special player at K-State. When you're listening to this, there should be an article up on our website that I talked about kind of maybe why he might be good. He's going to be really good. It's going to start on Thursday night, and I'm so excited to watch this game. It's the future of K-State, and yes, we want to celebrate those linemen and those seniors, but the future for K-State is now, and man, is it going to be a fun few years. I'm with you, man. You know, 
nothing could remedy remedy the, the, the losses we took late, the um, the expectation we had and the, the letdown we had late in the season like a bow win. You know, going into the next season, that's something you ride hot on. Yeah, it's not the playoffs. And, and, and now K-State fans, myself and you included, our expectations are the playoffs. You know, nobody wants to go to a bowl game unless it's a playoff bowl game, especially with next year going to move forward. But it's it's a building block. And I think K-State's going to go into the season with the new Big 12. You know, you got Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado uh, coming in. It's a new Big 12. And I think we need to be reckoned with it and respected it. You know, it's going to be earned. But understand, people are not going to write us off as a mid-level team. It's one of the top teams more than that. So I would say that bowl game would do a lot for us uh, as a program. Momentum heading into next season. There is no doubt about that. Kansas State and NC State, get ready for the Pop Darts Bowl on ESPN. If you're down here in Florida, if you're back home in Kansas, and wherever you are, enjoy the game. It's going to be a fun one. For Monty, I'm Cole. Quick question for you, Cole. What's yeah. your favorite Pop Tart? My favorite Pop Tart. Oh, how can we do this whole show and not even bring that? Come I'm going to say chocolate chip. Okay. Chocolate chip. Uh, mine probably is huh, brown sugar. Those brown That's sugar. also a good one. You know what? You, you can't go wrong with that. I'm going to be dreaming about Pop-Tarts the rest of the week. Thanks, everybody, so much for listening. Until next time, we'll see you later on the Friday Walkthrough.